Welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast with IT leaders who are driving the future of a software-defined infrastructure-based data center. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be. This is Jake Smith, and welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud. Today, I am joined by Jason McGee, IBM Fellow, VP, and Chief Technical Officer for the IBM Cloud Platform. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for having me, Jake. Everybody in the industry, and I know our listeners know a lot about IBM, but I don't know that they know a lot about IBM's Cloud Platform and the role that you guys are playing in the industry. You guys have made huge strides. Can you give our listeners a feel for where the IBM Cloud Platform is today? Sure. So the IBM Cloud Platform is a full-featured, enterprise-grade public cloud. We have regions all around the world. We have a full complement of services from infrastructure, including things like bare metal, all the way up through containers and platform-as-a-service space and into higher-level capabilities like AI with Watson, data services, video, blockchain, you know, kind of all of the capabilities that we think an enterprise needs to run their existing applications on the cloud and build new cloud-native applications. And that's a really big theme, building cloud-native applications. Can you talk a little bit about IBM's cloud container service? So, you know, we think that containers as the foundation for kind of modern app development, as the way that people are going to build new applications and microservices going forward is just incredibly important. Part of IBM's cloud strategy for a number of years now has been hybrid and kind of the recognition that customers are going to have a blend of public cloud and on-premise environments. Uh, And containers, we think, play a really important role in that because they give you a common way to build software that can be deployed anywhere you need it. And so we've been working in the container space really since the beginning. I mean, you know, IBM's heritage in containers actually goes back more than a decade in work that we were doing in Linux and in our operating systems to really put some of the underpinnings of container technology into the operating system. In the cloud era, we've had a container service as part of our cloud going all the way back to 2014, had actually one of the first multi-tenant container services offered in public cloud. And we've been evolving that over the years. In the last couple of years, we've really pivoted our focus to Kubernetes. We made an early bet on Kubernetes as the kind of container orchestration platform that we thought most of the industry would gravitate towards and have been proven correct in that bet that we made. And so now we've been delivering Kubernetes as a service as part of our cloud over the last couple of years. So, you know, we've been working both in the context of our products and also, of course, in the open source communities to help evolve these technologies and bring them to the masses. Can you talk a little bit about security? I know folks may not believe cloud-native apps are, are more secure, or maybe they do, but can you talk about how IBM makes that possible for the industry? Sure. As we looked at the container space, you know, our focus is really looking at how do we optimize for the enterprise. And in the enterprise context, security is incredibly important, especially in regulated industries like financial services. And so from the beginning, we've been doing a lot of work in the container space to make sure that we had the right capabilities and design to allow a secure platform to run container-based apps. For the first few years, especially of containers, there's kind of some assumption that this new technology is less secure than things that have come before. I actually think containers are a real opportunity to make applications more secure because they provide us a new way to take some of the problems we have to solve in security around encryption, around access to deployed code, around networking, and really kind of bake them into the platform. So it becomes less of the responsibility of the developer to solve security and more a feature the platform can provide for them. 
And so we've kind of taken that mindset as we've built out our capabilities. We've built technology to do scanning of container images so that we can actually tell developers whether they have vulnerable software inside of their containers without them having to do any extra work. In our recent work with Intel, we've been doing work on the actual base compute platform and automating building a trusted compute platform to run those containers on. So you can have guarantees from the hardware up that the environment is trusted, that it's running what you expect it to be running that hasn't been tampered with. And so there's lots of facets to security, but I think the common thread is that we can bake some of these capabilities into the platform on behalf of the user. You touched on a key theme, Jason, and that's security is transparent. Can you talk about that as a theme? It's so important to everything you guys have been doing, and maybe the industry is not really caught on to the trend and you guys are leading here. You know, it's one of those topics where everyone knows they need their environments to be secure and nobody really wants to think about it because it's a hard domain. This whole idea of like trying to make security as transparent as possible is really fundamentally about helping those developers go fast but still have it be secure. And if you really think about kind of the end-to-end flow of a piece of software through development into production, all along that journey – there's different facets of security that you have to solve. You know, is the code itself what I expect it to be? Has it been changed? Does I use a bunch of packages? Do those software packages contain known vulnerabilities? When I get to deployment, have I set up the network in a way that it's secured so that can't get unwanted access over the network path? When I look at the hardware, and especially in a cloud environment where fundamentally a lot of infrastructure is shared, how can I get some guarantees that that hardware environment is what I expect it to be. So we've kind of looked at all of those facets and said, how can we build that in? How can we make it secure by default? How can we give you data about the realities of vulnerabilities that you have? And how can we automate the management of the environment so that those security aspects are either handled for you entirely or at least put you in the right position to start and give you the right tools that you need to manage it? Can you talk about chain of trust? There's Intel TXT. There's the Kubernetes cloud integrity technology extensions, and it really allows for chain of trust rooted in hardware. But you guys are implementing even beyond and above that to provide incremental value for the enterprises. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, as you're alluding to, it starts with something that sounds easy but really isn't, which is how do you establish a chain of trust? How do you know that from the time that system booted to all the way up the stack through the BIOS, through the operating system into the application, that that platform is trusted and is running what you expect it to be running? And in IBM Cloud, one of our differentiating capabilities is a really strong portfolio for bare metal cloud. As part of that bare metal cloud environment, we have Intel TXT technology available as part of that environment. And the trick is really how do you use it? You know, how do you set it up, configure it, and initialize it so that you start at a known good state? So that's step one. It's like how do we establish that chain of trust and do that in a fully automated way so that our users can just say, I want a Kubernetes cluster on trusted compute and the system will take care of setting that up for me and telling me that the platform is trusted and is in a state that I expect. But once you get there, that's really just a starting point. All you say now is like, look, I trust that platform. But there's so much more we can do. Like one of the things we're looking at is how can we use that trust to handle things like geofencing? With the same kind of technology stack, we can start to solve those problems too. We can put trusted labels into the hardware that indicate where that infrastructure is running. And then we can build policy in our deployment engines that say, when I deploy this container or this application, 
I want to make sure it runs in this location, and I know that the thing I'm comparing against, the location I'm comparing against, hasn't been spoofed in any way. It hasn't been faked. Like, I can trust that when those things match, I'm really in the place that I expect it to be. So you can start to look at things like custom deployment criteria. You can start to look at encryption keys. There's lots of things that we can use that trust base for to move kind of higher up the stack into the problems that enterprises are really interested in. Where is it that you believe the industry is going? What I think you're seeing with containers is getting to a point where developers can focus on building apps. The infrastructure underneath those apps is abstracted away from the developer. And these hard problems like security are provided as policy and metadata specified by the app. The app can say what it needs. The infrastructure can provide that automatically. And I think as we continue down that evolution, what we'll see is a real acceleration of the pace that people can operate at when they're building apps. You know, they'll, they'll be able to move away from the complexities of kind of managing all of this infrastructure and just focus on business value that they're delivering. And, you know, we've been talking about that in the industry for a lot of years, and we make incremental progress every year, but I really feel like containers as the core of how we build software is really going to be the catalyst to make that real in a much more substantial way than it's been in the past. How does the open source community benefit IBM's cloud platform? Can you talk about that a little bit? You know, if you were to look at kind of fundamental tenets of IBM's cloud strategy, you know, optimized for enterprises one, and the second one is built on open. IBM has a pretty rich history in open source, and for a lot of years now, we've been a big believer that open source communities are the way to build technology. They're a way to make sure that the investments our customers make are not tied unnaturally to a single vendor. And so our whole cloud strategy is really built on top of open technologies. And if you look, for example, in my space around platform as a service, we have the container space with Open Container Initiative and, and Container D. We're investing in Kubernetes for orchestration and Istio for service meshes in Cloud Foundry and functions. You know, all of the key elements that a developer would use to build their app are built on top of open technologies. And what I think that does is let the industry coalesce around the best ideas, and it lets us kind of pool our collective insights. You know, you're not going to define the next decade or two decades of software development architecture from the perspective of a single company. You're going to do it from the perspective of an industry and the kind of combined use cases that everyone's trying to solve. And so the community is really important to that. You know, we don't just use open source. Like, we help lead those projects. We have contributors on those projects. We help evolve them. Like, we all have to work together to make those things good. And in cases where the problems weren't being solved, a lot of cases we have started projects to solve them. You know, in the function space, you brought up functions. You know, most of that space was defined by proprietary programming models each cloud vendor invented. You know, when we went to do functions, we created the Apache OpenWhisk project, and we put our IP into the open community so that we could all work together on how to solve functions. And Istio is another example where we were kind of looking at what's next in microservices and joined forces with Google and created a project to kind of do that in a more industry-aligned way. Jason, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Any final thoughts for our listeners as it relates to the IBM cloud platform or the industry's going? My, you know, uh, recommendation always when I talk to people is, Uh, go get your hands dirty and try things yourself. All of these amazing technologies you talk about, you can actually go use yourself. You know, that wasn't true 15 years ago. You would have to spend a ton of money to buy some software and install things. And today, you can just go try these things out. So I really encourage people, you know, go to IBM Cloud, 
give it a try, try containers and Kubernetes, you know, explore for yourself how these things might change how you build software. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much, Jason. It's absolutely been a pleasure. For our listeners, if you want more information, go to www.ibm.com forward slash cloud forward slash container service. On behalf of Intel, my name is Jake Smith. This has been Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud with Jason McGee, IBM Fellow, VP, and CTO of IBM Cloud Platform. We'll